USI never had it so good. 101.1 radio. The best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music, and every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move, it makes me want to have fun, but it's something about this joint right here, this joint right here, it makes me want to, let it go, can't let this thing hold up, get away from you, feel free right now.
my lady, so I must stay classy. Gotta keep it hot, keep it together if I want to get better. efforts 
and the the dedication he's made to being the best. With that said, we're going to move on. You know, um, dealing with issues throughout the United States and the world that have a serious impact on our lives long term. And we we're always talking about the importance and value of our ultimate treasure, our children. It is something that is we have to deal with when they are required to deal with issues that they're ill-equipped to deal with, and they become a central part of their existence. So today we want to talk about the role that planned parenthood plays in our society, and what is it that people of color think of Planned Parenthood and whether or not it is essential to those people who don't have the foundation to deal with life in general. We have to understand that there are people who don't have mothers and fathers who are prepared or ready to deal with their children having babies at a very young age. My daughter, my one and only daughter, was born when I was 14 years of age. And I have to tell you that my mother and father and my girlfriend's mother and father played a significant role in my daughter's being raised properly. And not for them, my life could have been drastically changed in a way that would not have allowed me the ability or the opportunity to go to South Carolina State University. So a lot of times we're asking young people and teenagers to deal with issues that they're ill-equipped to deal with because there are grown adults who find themselves in fear of having children. And what the responsibility of having those children Mountains to Send everybody a story out about a young lady Who was a cheerleader Who had her whole life in front of her And when she became pregnant She made a host of bad choices And those choices were made As a result of the fact That she didn't have a foundation Strong enough Or people she felt She could go to To help her through this period In her life So now she finds herself faced with the possibility of possibly going to prison for long term because of the way she decided to rid herself of the issue of parenthood. So we have to ask ourselves when we have a Republican Party that seems to be bent on vilifying Planned Parenthood How are we going to make sure If we're going to let their Them Demise them This organization How are we going to make sure that our children Have the information they need To make the proper decisions 
people in their lives who are not prepared to deal with the issue. So we want to deal with the fact that when we have a situation of children having children and these children not being raised properly, how that impacts the life of the United States in such a way as it diminishes the enjoyment of life in so many different ways. Because a lot of times these children become some of the criminals that we find ourselves dealing with. So it's important for us to talk about how do we deal with the fact that we know they're going to be children born out of wedlock and born to teenagers. And what principal organization will deal with the needs of these children? How are you doing this evening, Nate? I'm doing pretty good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Nate, we, we know that children are becoming more and more interested in sexual act at an age where they're ill-equipped to handle the dangers that come with that activity. And if their parents are ill-equipped to have the right conversation with them about how they're going to deal with that issue, where would the, where are these children to go if Planned Parenthood is being vilified by the Republican Party? You know, it's it's you know, it's 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 funny that you talked about that because when the whole time you was talking, I was thinking about when I first retired from the army, and my oldest son came to stay with me for a little while, and I started working, and I took my smallest check and gave it to him, and I told him to pay all my bills, all the bills. Now at the same time, I'm still on child support. Now he ain't, that check was not even enough to cover child support. And I said, now, guess what? Now you got to pay child support. And he said, well, that is not enough here. I said, Zach DeMundo, beware of that when you when you want to lay down and when you want to get down. Remember, when you make a decision, you have to deal with the consequences of your decision. Now, my oldest is 29. I'm not yet a grandfather. And, you know, so I thank God that I'm not a grandfather yet because I know my children, just they just ain't ready. I'm just going to be honest. But be that it may, if it does happen, my first job is to support them, to let them know, hey, we're going to get through this. Because when I went through that, because I was 17, I think, when my first was born, I was scared. And at the time, man, my mom wasn't getting along, so I had to go out there and do things the hard way. And I was immature, unprepared. You know, it's by the grace of God that we we got the children off to a good start. The thing what it is is that a lot of the problem that we run into, especially in the African-American community, is that the, the children not just ill-equipped, but the parents are ill-equipped because a lot of the parents are, are young themselves. So, we have to come up with a system within ourselves to go back to the foundations and let them know that, hey, listen, we understand that you made a choice, probably the best choice, but we're going to support you and we're going to help you get everything in order. We're going to make sure that you stay in school. You know, parents got to still 
support their children, no matter how disappointed they may be, you know, or how embarrassed they may be. Because at the end of the day, nobody threw me away. You know, my mom still took care of me in spite of they were young themselves, but they still went out to work every day. So I'm not going to let my children throw in the towel. I'm going to let my children know that, hey, I got y'all back, and there's nothing that we can't talk about. And anything that's for the Republicans, you know what? I'm, I'll be 47 Valentine's Day next 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 year. I can live with the Republicans, and I sure can live without the Republicans. So I, who cares what the Republicans do? They always trying to find find a way to to make life harder for the next person in the next place. So my faith and hope is in God, anyways. So who cares what the Republicans got to do? Well, you know that there's not many things that you said. We have to give our children the kind of foundation and support they need to handle the long-term problems that they're going to have. We have to recognize I am 57 years old, coming up um, 58 in May. Uh, I was afraid that I might not be able to help my child break the cycle of teenage pregnancy. But she did. And so Mm -hmm. now she's in her 40s and not yet had a child, though she now desires one, and she's in the financial position to have one. But the point is is that we have to create an environment for our kids to be self-sufficient. And sometimes letting them swim, swim for themselves don't give them the kind of support they need to be self-sufficient. The truth deal is is that our children are going to be our children for the rest of our lives, and we need to be in a position to support them through their their bad choices. And we also have to recognize that we have to create a society that is willing to do the kinds of things that young people need them to do to avoid these situations where they're having children too young because a lot of times the things that take away from our society or put uh, our society in an uncontrollable situation is that we got young people who don't have a direction and they'll be born or created come to you and say, you know, when we're trying to help these young women, who are having these babies too early, and the GOP is uh, trying to do all it can to diminish the services of Planned Parenthood. Then we find grandparents being given the obligation to take care of their grandkids when they're not able physically or mentally to deal with that because they are supposed to be the support for their children, not the primary parents. Well, good evening, everybody. And uh, I've been away for a minute, and uh, thank you, James, for continually trying to add some stability and some some sanity to what appears to be an uh, insane and hopeless uh, situation most of the time. But, uh, you know, I just came in on, on the butt end of the topic, but, um, you know, the GOP, and I, I, I do understand the gist of the, of the question. 
GOP seems to be always um, uncon- unconcerned about other persons that that have to live and 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 hopefully strive in this world to try to make something out of out of life itself uh, with their efforts to try to hold constraints on the rights of women. Um, and we put the women and 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 the offspring of any situation, whether uh, a wanted or unwanted pregnancy, in the in the um, in the unhealthy and uncertain future, is actually mind-boggling on on why they would even uh, uphold such an idea. Especially when they seem to have a uh, discontent for any uh, humanity, and um, and just any morals in a, in a lot of ways, you know, they they seem to just want to win at in and everything at at all costs. But um, you know, as far as the uh, grandparents having to be the um. The beholding future for uh, young people, especially when they when they uh, uh, brought into a world uh, under disadvantaged uh, circumstances, uh, you know, a, a lot of times people when they reach the age of retirement, supposedly uh, there is no retirement for them, especially when they have to raise their children's children's, and uh, and we see that a lot. And so, you know, I don't know how we uh, are expected to make them feel comfortable with such a normal uh, circumstance that seems to be uh, normal in most cases, especially in our community. Um, but uh, I think we are making efforts to make, it, to make some awareness of it's not supposed to be that way. Uh, you know, in 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 today's time, uh, 2018, um, hopefully this is a time and era where we can kind of look back at our misfortunes and 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 the, and the ways that we missed the mark. And going forward, we will find ways to right our own ship, and and hopefully uh, give our young people a better outlook going forward. Thank you. Well, one of the things we need to recognize as a society and as people of color, we recognize and see situations on the front lines where people are having children that they're ill-equipped to raise, where they need financial assistance to even feed them. And so they're not able or willing to give them the moral foundation they need to survive in this world where they have to find or make good choices. So you you see a situation where a a grandparent finds themselves having to, to take a primary role in order to get these kids through to a place where they can be self-sufficient. And if we turn our backs on the fact that these 
people need counseling. They need to be given options, and they need to make the best decision they possibly can for not only the life of their child, but their lives themselves. So we have to make sure we recognize that every journey can't be the same for every person because every person is not prepared to deal with the responsibility of raising a child. There's a responsibility of feeding the child. There's a responsibility for educating the child. And there's a responsibility to guide the child. And not all teenagers or their parents in a position where they can do that. So they have to have options. And Planned Parenthood provides people with options despite whether or not we want abortion to be one of those options. But we have to let everyone pick their own destination because that's what's important to these kids. So, Regina, as we visualize that we have a a Republican Party that wants to make sure that everyone has their child but are not willing to give assistance to people in a meaningful way, and they're out there wanting to leave these people on their own, how we as citizens have to fight for those who seemingly can't fight for themselves. And that Planned Parenthood plays a significant role in the lives of teenagers who are trying to find their way. Regina? Yes. How do we make sure that we're giving young people the support they need to make proper decisions when the Republican Party is trying to malign uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood? Well, good evening. Um, I'm not sure if it's only just specifically the um, Republican Party um, who are who are who is attempting to to take funding from Planned Parenthood? I think there are a lot of conservatives. There are a lot of Democrats who who may be a part of a very conservative religious sect um, who would not want to see a child a, a child go to Planned Parenthood to abort a child. So I'm just not I'm not I'm not sure. I know that maybe about four or five years ago I would have said um, if that was placed on my lap, something like that, I would be thankful for Planned Parenthood. I would be very thankful because that would be a lot for for a, a young person to have to handle when they're not able to even handle themselves and handle their own emotions. And depending on what the family is already going through, there should be options there. Um, at this point, now that life is a little more, moved out 
for me. I look and I that's not an option that I would ever consider. But I'm at a different place now. So I, I, don't, I, I don't know, James. It, it, I, I was a Christian, I should say, absolutely. People to have the same option that I had. Reverend, Reverend Smith, you being a law enforcement officer, and I spent a lot of time at the jail with young inmates who were out there having a lot of children that they were ill-equipped uh, to be good fathers too, and recognize that we have to give women options so that they do what's in the best interest of themselves and in the best interest of these children. Recognizing when children don't have proper guidance or proper uh, economic situations to support them, that a lot of times these young people find themselves unable to change their direction related to criminal behavior. So why are we going to force a lot of people to have children who are ill-equipped to, to raise them and to create more, a more dire situation for our society? Good evening, everyone. <coughs> I, uh, first of all, I'm not for abortion, period. But there are accentuating circumstances, okay? Um, I know that. And we have to, let me go back just a second. We have young people. These young people know more about sex than we do, okay? They're not oblivious to the different types of Sexual things out there To keep them from getting pregnant These children Go out there A lot of times And because their friend Or their best friend Or somebody else has a child They get involved And they oh I want me one I want It's like they're little playthings to them Until it comes time Like you were saying James That they have to Start Buying pampers and milk and, and these guys in prison They could care less because that's Another badge of honor To them Most of the guys out there Even those that are not in prison they, It's to them Having a child From two or three different girls Is like a badge of honor To them And these young ladies are allowing these guys To give them children For their badge of honor so I, I really don't, I, I, I believe in parenting, uh, uh, parenthood, uh, uh, education. I do really believe in that because if we don't get it together, if we don't get it together, all of our young children are not going to be married because when a good man do come along, a good man do, they're not going to want to marry them. They're, and, and they can change their life a hundred times over. And a lot of them are not going to want to be fooled with them because they already got a lot of children. So I know I used to run a program named JADE, Juvenile Alternative Diversion Education. And we had parenthooding involved in that. 
there was parenthooding involved. If your child came to my program, the parents also had to come. That's why we mm-hmm. do need uh, parenting classes. We need parenting classes, not just for the child, but the parents themselves. These kids don't give a hill of bean about a baby or a traby or lady, whatever you want to call them. And, but these children are human beings. They didn't ask to come here. And I, I get upset, I'm sorry, but when I see children having children and then they want to go and abort them, some of them do. A lot of them want to have them because Jolene down the road got one. I, I just think it's sad that we, the parents need to be better, better parents. But these children know about all of the protections it is in the world, plus some you and I don't know about. So don't cut them short, and don't put it all on anybody else except themselves. Even from 10 years old up, they know more than we know already. So what do we do with that? No, I don't think the Republicans got a right to tell nobody. I don't want to tell a woman how to do with her body, but I don't mean I agree with it. But nobody has a right to tell nobody. Most of the people that are hollering and screaming are men. Men, a man ain't never had the pain of a baby. So we got this thing all messed up. It's just messed up. So I'm I'm just one of those that I don't believe in. Let them women do what they want to do. Teach them. Teach them. Teach them. Teach them. And teach them. Until they get it One baby is a mistake Two babies is definitely not a mistake So that's the way I feel about it Uh, Nate let me go back to you Uh, I can tell you One of the things that Really bothers me as a Human being Is when I see young children With a Child on their hip When I see young children uh, parenting their brothers and their sisters and carrying them uh, in such a way they got to bend their hip out. And once, and when you see that, you have to recognize that at some point in this child's mind, they're going to say, why should I keep taking care of my mama's child when I can just go have a child of my own? This ain't hard to do. So when That's you right. allow young people to believe uh, they have the ability to take care of something that is so hard to do long term. You are creating an environment for them to uh, have these kids. You know, the generation that we're dealing with now, a lot of those parents are still young themselves. A lot of them, a lot of them are still having babies and they're babies themselves and not even setting a foundation for their kids. Cause how can you set a foundation for your child and you still going to the club? You didn't spend enough time home to take care of your child, but you putting it on, mm-hmm. putting on, putting on, on, on the youngest child in the house. Now you got this child thinking she grown because she taking care of, uh, uh, or I ain't going to say taking care of babysitting. There's a difference between babysitting and taking care of a child. If the United States Army 
had to send me the basic trainer to train me to be a soldier. I'm back at what Rail said. Then we really need to enforce parenting classes because they ain't just give me that uniform. They they sent me to some class where I had to learn how to be a soldier. So we definitely need to reinforce parenting classes. And parenting classes, I don't care what your age is, because we all can learn something. We can learn how to talk to right. our children. We we can turn. We can learn how to support them. We can learn how to how to when we when you find out that your child is pregnant. We need to learn how to hug your child right then and there. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to get through this. But we spend so much time fussing at them, cussing them out, and talking all kind of trash and everything like that. And I agree with also real. I'm not big on abortion, but I am not a woman. I don't know what it takes to have a baby. I'll probably punk out. They probably have to knock me out with some gas. You know, so I don't have the right to tell somebody what they can't or can't do. But I will say this. We have to set a foundation and, and hold the parents accountable for their children and everything like that. See what kind of, like you said, check the environment that these kids in because a lot of times these kids out there having sex because they feel like they ain't even being loved. So they're going to try to um, find something out there where they, because they're confusing lust with love. So they're trying to find the next thing that's going to make them feel better just to get away from home. So we need to check the environment at home. Uh, for say to make sure it's the proper environment and hold a standard to the proper environment, so 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 we hold hold parents accountable to the actions of their children because at the end of the day, the children respond to what the parents do. Monkey see, monkey do. And D, we have a a host of old men who are in the um, Congress who are still dictating to us with these modern-day problems. When they grew up in a world where having babies as teens was taboo and you sent the girl away, Mm -hmm. and they're still trying to figure out or trying to tell us how to best deal with our young people. We have to keep these young people and protect them from themselves and not vilify what happened to them but help them to have multiple choices related to what to do when they find themselves pregnant. Yeah, James, you're right about that. But what I like to do uh, during my turn, turn, I like to expound on something that uh, Pastor Smith said. Um, He used the term uh, that... We have to get it together. And I want to expound on that. You know, he spoke about the badge of honor that uh, people in our community, and, and, and I have a lot of concern about our community going forward. And so I, I appreciate the opportunity for us to talk about it because we know that the GOP and, and the conservative movement, we know that they're, they're all in it for themselves. We know that. And the more strife that we can um, uh, produce in our own community, they are right with that. So we understand that also. That being said, that's, that, that's a, that gives us the opportunity, really, to kind of look in the mirror at our own community. And so when we're talking about the badge of honor that black men seem to want to uh, hang on their mantle in life, um, Pastor Phil spoke about having 
as many children as one can have as being a badge of honor. Well, I'd like to throw something else in the mix of that that I've observed in my lifetime. Um, and that was, that would be that black men have had the mentality of uh, having as many as many women as you can have also as a badge of honor. And uh, that has trickled down in our community for generations, thinking that that is part of being a man. And observing that is one of the things that drove me to your show because um, I found that to be, found that to be a, uh, a lifelong misconception by black men thinking that that was part of the uh, criteria of being a man, which is, which is totally misconstrued. And, yes, uh, it is. Yes, sir. And so in all of that, um, that mindset, and in in the in the type of program that that uh, Reverend Smith um, took partake partook in, and trying to educate black men on how to be men. See, that's 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 the main problem. Uh, we we now going forward as older individuals, we understand what it takes to be a man, but the young guys they they don't know. And then in that, they haven't had a lot of um, a lot of uh, people showing them, a lot of men showing them how to be men. And then uh, the fallout of all of that is that the, the young girls don't know what to expect out of a boy. They don't know what uh, they don't know how to uh, what it takes to to hold a, a young man to be a man. You know, that's where to give you an example. When this thug life thing came into fruition, some uh, young, young women accepted that as the norm, and you know, and and and, and the contrast of all of that, it don't take it, it takes very little effort to be a thug. You don't have to have no job. You don't have to uh, maintain any responsibilities. You don't you don't have to have no responsibility. All you got to do is just be a thug, and. And so young women, for, for a while, took that to be okay. It wasn't until they found out, now I'm seeing them young women, it wasn't until they found out that the thugs go to jail all day and they can't get no job. And then a lot of times if they had the misfortune to impregnate uh, some of these young women and they go off to jail, then the women are left alone with the child. But, and, and just to give you an example, that's why you see so many young women now with other women. Because the other women, for one, uh, be uh, some some of the bisexual type women that, that's been in the military. They got benefits. Mm-hmm. And that's all the young girl wants is benefits for her child. So we got a lot of work to do again. And I know that's, that's part of my saying every time I get on the phone we got a lot of work to do but we do. And so um and I hope that I hope I didn't go around your question, Jane, but I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Well it's important I think that churches and social groups play a role in educating children and letting them know their value. We also have to let them know when they get into 
situations that they think are beyond their ability to handle, that they have a place to go to that they can get good information. We have to understand the impact of having a lot of illegitimate children in our society. And when I use the term illegitimate, I'm talking about when they're not had in the normal fashion and they don't have the support or foundation around them to direct them through the different obstacles that are going to be in their path, then we see them doing things that are detrimental to the well-being of themselves and our society. So, Regina, we need to have the ability to intervene when we recognize or see parents are drowning in their ability to handle or fend for the children that they're having. Okay, I'm not understanding. You're saying we need to have the ability to do what? Intervene. We have to have the ability to help people who can't find themselves drowning or unable to, to, to fend for the needs of their children. And we have to do it in an environment using education so that they understand that they need to get their children out to a good start. Dave, you know, this is a, a very, um, it, it's a very difficult subject. And I'm going to say this and then I will I'm going to step back off of this subject because I'm I'm hearing what you guys are saying, but I also hear what you guys are saying. (laughs) And until you have been in, as someone said, you all have never felt the, the pains of birth. Or, um, or, or the going through, um, going through what people say about you as the woman, or you as the the potential mother, when they find out you're pregnant. The the times that some of these children, and that's what they are, you know, virtually may want to commit suicide because they disappointed people who have put these situ these programs right there in their path but they did something else instead of listening to what the people said. So it's not that a lot of folk aren't getting information. Um and I, I don't I don't know. It's everybody's having a hard time these days, just like when I was going through my hard times Nobody else has time to go and help somebody else because they're going through hard times themselves. So how are we supposed to help these girls who are having these babies and the babies are here? I understand. You know, I'm the one, I'll go and and pick up a child if he's crying or try to help someone I see who's in distress with a child. But it's more than just having a one-time involvement with that child and the parent. So it this is a very in-depth 
uh, conversation, and I'm just going to sit back and, and listen tonight because there's just so much that I could say, and it'll just get all, all bump-fumbled. Well, Regina, we want you to be free to say whatever you want. But let Amen. Me, uh, Amen. We want you to, yeah, you know, it's about being honest and being real. But, uh, you know, again, Reverend Smith, you and I have been a part of the uh, criminal justice system, and we see the results of children who are not, being controlled or raised properly. And when you go in that environment and you see all these young men and young women who somehow or another didn't get the proper education or direction, and they are preying on society. We have to be real. Children become adults, raised and given the the foundation and support that they need, they can become predators on society. So we can't just sit back and allow everyone's child not to be given an opportunity because they're going to seek an opportunity one way or the other. And so we we have a, a vested interest in these children. Reverend Smith? We have a we have a vested interest in the children, uh, James, no matter who. But do you know that is a hard task that you are purporting right now because we inter- to intercede with other families, uh, other people, you know, even as a law enforcement officer, you go to someone's house right now and try to tell them something about their child, they're going to jump all over your case. So it's going to take the system, the court system, which I don't like, because anytime you put something in the court's hands or the system's hands and it pertains to black kids, it's going to get screwed up and make it ten times worse than what it already is. So we, we as individuals, how do we intercede? We can't just step in and start meddling in other people's business. <coughs> That's the problem, because if parents would allow us, allow those who have a little bit of knowledge, uh, 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 ability to talk to young people, to have some sort of like the place that we were talking about doing, uh, the homeboy ministry, uh, where the, the kids could come and learn themselves, women and men, that they can come and learn to take care of themselves better than just getting out there and having a lot of children. Because they sometimes, these kids do one thing they don't realize, is that when you go out there and have a child, your whole life changes. Either either your whole life changes or you wind up in the system. Because a lot of times they don't want to, like Nate was saying, they don't want to stop going, or was it uh, D? I'm not sure. But they don't want to stop going to the club. They don't want to stop doing all of these things. And, and they should have, somebody should have told them 
ahead of time that if you have a child, that's your child. It doesn't belong to grandma. It doesn't belong to auntie or somebody else. You are the one that's supposed to take care of that child. And so then we have a lot of kids. Then the guys who and the girls who wind up in the system stealing stuff are doing things that they normally wouldn't do because of that child. How do we handle that? I don't know what the the answer is, but uh, I do believe that if we take take the time, and and nobody's going to do it, I know that, but if we could, and we could get the system to actually, when a child gets pregnant, to have that parent to make sure that she goes to several parenting classes and learn how to deal, even before that child, they should be teaching parenting classes in school. I'm sorry, but you're talking about they want to stop these children from having abortions? I don't like them either. But if we don't start telling those children more than what they are learning on the street, we're going to keep having children in the system. And that's the the crust of it all right there. If we don't start teaching them, if the parents don't that have these kids that are going out there, they are allowing kids to date at 13 and 14 years old. My God, my sister had a look at a boy uh, talking about going on a date. My mama would have choked her eyeballs out at 13 and 14 years, 15 years old. You know, so they think it's something nice that you go into the These kids aren't going to no movie and stuff a lot of times. They're going out and play with one another. And we need to realize that and stop being, and a lot of times we just want to get rid of the kid anyway. So that's, a, that's another problem. The, the, you're involved right now in a conglomerate of situations that there is no right now answer to. There is no right now answer to. And that's it for me. And, Nate, one of the things we need to be concerned about, a lot of times we want to blame this on poor poor economics. But the fact is, just like that situation in uh, California where you had these evil parents who uh, have these kids from 27 uh, down to infants, now society is going to have to take care of those kids. We're going to have to bear the responsibility because their parents are going to jail. And so now we have to bear the uh, economic problem of trying to get these children from where they they are or were in this demonic situation to a new situation. So society has a responsibility to the poor or to the middle class or the rich when these children aren't being raised properly. Not just uh, society has a responsibility, but our government also has a responsibility. You know, when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, they poured in tons of resources and money to help build those countries, uh, help build up those communities, win the hearts and minds what they told us. And here, we have got old people who live, like you said, live in a time where 
they hid their kids when the kids got pregnant. We're not living in those times no more. We did. We living in a real world situation where, like Dia said, these children are scared. You know, they're scared for their lives. They, they, you know, they want to commit suicide and all that, and you know, afraid of being shunned and those things like that. And also, what like she said, it gonna take more than one uh, interaction. You know, you know, we have to go from one interaction to a commitment. You know, we have to be committed to our kids, irregardless of what decision they make. Because when I made, I made some decisions that wasn't the best decision. You know, but at the same time, my parents did not give up on me and and and, and all that. And we have such a high rate of just giving up on our kids and just and just throwing them to the wind and don't put no seed and we sow hatred in and we sow anger into them. We don't sow no love into them. We don't sow uh, uh, stability into them and everything like that. And us as men, who the covenant's supposed to start, we're not holding up our end. Because just like Rev has said, we go around going from house to house like it's a badge of honor, and nobody's holding these men accountable. I, I have a friend who has 12 kids. He don't pay child support because he has twelve kids, and and he he's gonna be forty seven this year, and that does not bother him. And this is in my generation, so from my generation on down, that's being passed down. So we have to go from the government to within our communities. Start right there. At my age of forty seven, I got three boys, and I and I'm real with them. I let them know. Listen. If I could have done it all over again, I would do things differently. And But I also told my sons this, because two of my sons don't have the same mom. I told I said, never put yourself in a position where you have to go through other men to see your children. Because you put yourself in that position, you don't know how your son's mom, who she's going to marry, who she's going to want to be with, you have to fight to see your children. So I was honest with them about the things I had to deal with as a father. And where I could have did things better. Nobody wants to be honest no more. Nobody wants to accept responsibility. Everyone wants to play blame, play play the blame game. And everybody wants to pat people on the back. It's okay, it's okay. No, it's not okay. But it's going to be okay. And that's the thing we need to tell them. It's not okay, but it's going to be okay. Just like how I went to Iraq and Afghanistan to die for the country, that's the same mindset I got to have for our children. Live and die for our children. Not just the children that God has given me, but the children up downstairs from me in my apartment building, the children across the street, because that's our future and everything like that. Just like Ralph has said before, people have so much pride when somebody's trying to tell them about what their child is doing, they're ready to fight you. All the time. Forget that. Take that same energy that you want to fight somebody with and invest it into your children. That's all I got to say about that. And, you know, we have to stop setting our children up for failure. You know, when it seems like to me people in the lowest economic situations are always giving their children these insurmountable dreams. And what I'm talking about is you train your child how to go after their dreams, but you don't make their dreams the, the, you know, the ultimate. And what I mean by that, Help them understand that the value of working hard to get Jordans is what they should respect versus just by getting Jordans by any means necessary. See, you know, when you go about getting 
positive things or expensive things by any means necessary, you put at risk something you should value more than anything else, and that's your freedom. So we have young people who are going after things in the wrong way and not understanding they're putting themselves at risk by trying to obtain that which is just material. So, D, we have to help people to respect things in the proper order and so that they can have the kind of life that we want them to live and let them understand that education is the vehicle to success to get the things that you want and not just get the things you want at any sacrifice. But very true. Um, um, before I go off the reel on something that um, Nate said and um, Pastor Smith, uh, I want to expound on what you said about um, the trait. Uh, well, this is my explanation of, uh, of it all. The trait of implementing a positive mindset in our family. I think I think that that's really the nucleus of what's missing in most of our families in in our community is the positive uh positive mindset. You know, um the the trick if you want to call it that is to you know, what I see is missing is is the positive mindset being driven long enough for it to, for it to mean something? Um, it's, it's 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 the same thing, the same idea that you can find in, in when people go to church. Um, when they go to church, and on Sunday they all hyped up and and all gun ho about the word that's been given to them by by the pastors, and then by Wednesday. Or Thursday, they forgot it all, and so it's it's the willingness or or knowing how to uh, stay positive long enough so the so their goals and aspirations can be met. But uh, let me touch on something that Pastor Smith said, and he spoke about the conglomerate of issues that we have as as a community. And I think that's a great starting place, you know. Um, you know, you really kind of have to look look at the and be thankful by the Lord of having this Donald Trump situation come to light. Because when that came to light, I think that we are we are forced now to look at what what brought all this about. And so this conglomerate of issues that we have now that we are willing to address is a great start. You know, um, so when when Nate speaks about, and this this is my life now, my life is, has changed since, my, my life and my thinking has changed since I turned my life around. And I have a more positive positive outlook about life, but this is a this is a learned behavior for me now. Uh, every day and every minute of the day is a is a positive positive driven life. But when Nate says that he now, as a retired military person, comes back into into civilian life, 
and go at it the same way he went at it for his country when he was over in Afghanistan. That's what I'm talking about. Whatever it is that you want now, whatever changes that we're looking to make now, we have to go at it like it's hell bent. You know, we're going, we going at it now in a different light for the positive, you know. And and so so our efforts now to make a difference, you know, when it comes down to parenting, and I got a high school teacher, but and, and one, one, one reason why is um, besides love, as opposed to lust, um, my wife is one of, uh, one person that never thought of uh, had the mindset about abortions, and and rightfully so. But in in all of that, uh, it is a joy to try to get parenting right, like like you know it's supposed to be. And so, um, you know, my story and my quest is a little different than, than most of you all, but uh, I am happy to be given the opportunity to show others as an example on how parenting is supposed to be. And surely now I'm still learning because when I come on this show, uh, the things that you all talk about, I take it right back and add it to my life and um, and try to make it better, even better still. So, uh Thank you, James, for giving me the opportunity to say that. All right, Regina, you had a question you wanted to ask? Yes. Now, um, what was the original topic for the – that's not my question, but I want to make sure I'm asking the right question. What was the original topic? Well, the original topic was whether or not we're giving our children, our teens the tools that they need to make the proper decision for themselves related to having children and whether or not we should uh, be doing more than is required by the GOP to to give our children the support and foundation that they need. Okay. So you sent out something about um, an ad for Planned Parenthood. Now, at Planned Parenthood, when you go there, you get – Various options. Abortion is just one of them. You know, they have the different contraceptions available. But what I have, have found out in various discussions over my 50-something years, and, well, let's say 40 because I wasn't discussing it when I was three, but 40-something years, is that the Caucasian society give their children these options. And they allow their children to have these options, whatever these options are, or they force those options on their children because they know what will happen if they're saddled, and I will say saddled, at a young age with a child. So a lot of times while they would either go off and have an abortion or go off and have the child someplace else and give the child up for adoption, they still had the opportunity to to have a decent life, to make a decent life for themselves. Also, I want to say that we're talking as if only underprivileged girls are having these babies. No, you have 
children who come from very affluent families who are making wrong choices. So if we know that these wrong choices can hamper them, why can we not give them an option? For us to sit here and say, um, no, they can't have abortion, which I'm not for abortion, but if we can't give them that that option, we're doing no more than the GOP is doing. So why not put that option there for them and then educate them religiously so that they may not make that decision, but don't take it from them? Why can't we give them that decision? And my thoughts is just like your thoughts related to this. If my child is in a position, uh, finds herself pregnant, then I want her to do what she feels is best for herself. Now, that might be carrying that child to term and then giving that child up for adoption. Or if, as a family, we can afford to uh take care of that child, then we need to do that as a family if that's the choice that she wants to make. But if she chooses after getting all the information to decide that she wants to have an abortion, then we have to be uh, the law says that she has the right to make that decision. And certainly we can't do any more than support her. We can't mandate she do what we want her to do. Uh, Reverend Smith, what what are you, what are your thoughts? I mean, regarding, I just need to uh, be ready and prepared to give the support and foundation needed to help these young people get to a, a place where they they have the ability to care for these children. James, I understand perfectly what you're saying, but I don't know. I'm, I'm somewhat like uh, Kathy. I mean, uh, Regina. I think it was Regina. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, it was Kat. I'm not sure um, what you're, you're speaking of in reference to what you're saying about us. I went through this entire session uh, so far with you, and I'm still yet kind of, um, I know that I'm not for abortion. I know that there should be something done. But when we come down to us doing it, us, um, it's not too much we can do. Really and truthfully, we can say it up here and talk all we want to, but it's not really too much we can do unless we are invited to do something within a family. Unless we are invited. How can we go to the city? Because city commissioners can't do it. The county commissioners can't force anyone. The judges, the, the judicial system... They can force parents, uh, people to go to parentinghood. And uh, uh, Regina was right when she said there's no way in God's earth that it's just uh, underprivileged kids. No, it's not. I know that. And um, mm-hmm. the thing of it is is that where do, where do we start? How can you start? I don't know. I really don't know the answer to these things. I just know that unless we do start some different types of program. Uh, right now, we may have lost it because a lot of these girls ain't going to listen to you anyway. 
a lot of the boys definitely not going to listen to you because they they consider it, what we're talking about now to them is voodoo because they're going to do, they're going to tell you right to your face, you ain't going to stop us from doing what we want to do. Baby or no baby. I've had some of them to say that to me as a pastor. Pastor, I understand perfectly what you said, but we're going to do our thing. And I'm saying, but look, don't you know how to put on an overcoat? Or don't you know how to use this? Well, I, I, no, no, we don't like that. We don't want that. We, we, we like straight up. You know, it's crazy how they think. So we are lost right now in this, in this, in the middle of all of this. We really are, because here we are having as working individuals to take care of these children. We're doing it now, but the system will do it later, because. And then we'll still be taking care of them, though, because our tax dollars will be taking care of that, like it's doing right now. But uh, uh, some girls are actually going out having extra babies so they can get more money and don't have to go to work. We know all about that, too, don't we? Nobody wants to bring it up, but that's true. There are a lot of girls out there right now going out having babies so they can get extra money. Mm You know, so where do where do the system? I don't want the system to get involved because they screw up everything that they get involved. But where do they actually? We can't do anything about. So where do they start at? Where do they start? Can we get together and function as a unit of individuals and go to the uh, judicial system and say, "Look, this is what we are asking. Require." These young people, when they go to the juvenile homes and stuff like that, if they're not pregnant, require them to take parenting and, and, and self-control uh, classes. There are classes out there like that. So other than that, I don't know. I don't. Well, we're going to take a short break to come back and uh, have our final thought for this evening. I never should have let you go I didn't 
Can you believe that I was more relieved and joyful about that than her getting a high school diploma? Because everything that I put into her, and I was glad to have had the option, although I never had to use the option, but I put so much into her and took so much time from myself that that is what these parents have to learn to do. They've got to sacrifice. They've got to sacrifice. That's what it's called. When you made the decision to bring that child into this world, you made the decision to sacrifice. And in the end, it will all be better. But that's that's what I'm saying right now, James. Just like you, you know, you and and your daughter's mom, y'all had to make sacrifices to raise that child. You have to make sacrifices, and I had to make them as a single parent. And now she's 22, and I still don't have any grandchildren. Amen. Sacrifice and that is, is the word. Yes, and I have to recognize that she is still my child, and I have a responsibility to her to come to her defense or to her rescue, even as even as an adult. We never mm-hmm. stop being parents. No, uh, never. Is your final thought for this evening? Well, basically the same thing that um, um, Kathy is saying. Um, I know for a fact that I was a mother and father to my children since their mo- when their mother died. I neither, not any of them get pregnant before they finish college. Not a one. And I'm proud of that. Um, so because I taught them, you got plenty of time. One thing I always told them, you got plenty of time to do all that or whatever. When you get a good job, get you a good education, and, you know, do whatever you want to do from that point because I'm through with you after that, which that wasn't true. But I told them, y'all, you're on your own after I send you through college and everything and you come out, and they did. They they kept their end. of It was like a bargaining a chip for both of us. We'll keep our, you send us to college there, we'll come out, we'll be all right. And they did that. So you got to sit down and talk to children. You don't, you got to let children know, as far as I'm concerned, who the parent really is. Okay, we're laughing and we're talking, but I'm still your dad. And right now I'm still your mom, you know. So don't come up here with no fancy stuff because we are supposed to be Creators of new things for them And I didn't tell them Don't bring me nothing about I can't I don't want to hear that And they didn't I'm very proud of my daughters I'm very proud of them Now one of them has three The oldest one has three And the youngest one have, have one And the middle one have none <laughs> So I just thank God for it And I don't know what the answer is to any of the things that we have been talking about tonight, except we've got to keep on pressing and praying and hoping that one day all of these things will be taken care of by God. That's all I can say. And you're so right. We have to take a victory lap when we help. We are able to intervene in our children's lives and let them know the responsible way 
to go about having uh, children and being a responsible adult. I just want to continue mm-hmm. to thank all of you for your continued support and thank you uh, for your wanting to come on here and share your opinion with not only uh, me but with those who are listening. Remember that we're on, again, seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial in at 657-383-0309 and let your voices be heard. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Amen. Ah. Uh-huh.